0: Good morning everybody. Welcome to Keys to Your Best Life. I am your host Maggie Cavanaugh and today I have my brother in Christ, colleague, friend, um, just a wonderful person that I know in the community, Jamie Harper. Now some of you may have seen Jamie uh, last year. Him and I were guests on Bridges television show and we talked a lot about addictions and faith in addictions because he wears a lot of different hats so Jamie is the faith-based coordinator for Middle Tennessee for those of you watching outside of the area Tennessee is passionate about seeing people get set free and they believe that the church has the answers the base community is a huge part of people coming to the level of freedom that they need to gain. But Jamie wears a lot of other hats. He's also right now working on his uh, internship in counseling. So he's got all of these gifts and talents and all of these trainings that he does. But most of all, he is a father and a, and a follower of Christ, and a, you know a husband and and all of those things. So whoever you are watching this, you can relate to some area of that. Jamie, welcome to the broadcast.
1: Thank you very much, Maggie, for having me.
0: Well, it's always a pleasure to chat with you because like minded people they they can ping back and forth on each other and this morning you know as i was praying about the broadcast i was thinking about all of the things that you do jamie and i was thinking about how as believers i believe that we kind of get a level of authority in the spirit realm whenever we have gone through something and i know that you know people look at you you've got all these credentials you do all these trainings you know you're everywhere and they don't really know the backstory of jamie harper they don't know that it was a struggle to get to to where you're at. So, Jamie, you not only have the textbook knowledge from your education, you also have the knowledge from serving in the state of Tennessee for the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse and the Faith-Based Initiative, but you also have overcome some things yourself. Why don't you share with the audience a little bit about your story?
1: Well, you know, I guess the easiest way to do this is, is to be able to say that I grew up in a, in a Christian home. And every every time the doors were open, we were at worship. We were at church building. We were doing anything that we could to help around uh, with the congregation and the community. And it was a blessing to be able to grow up in the, in that environment. But the thing about it is, is just being in that environment itself didn't save me. It Mm -hmm. didn't save me from the things that go on in the world Um, because I mean, the world's all around us and it can easily creep in if we allow it to. Well, early on in life, uh, I went through a lot of trauma, sexual trauma, um, physical trauma, emotional trauma. And so whenever I was introduced by a family member to alcohol and cigarettes, whenever I was 11 years old, it it was really easy to give in to it. Sure. Uh, Not, only because of everything that I've been through. It's just because they were five years older than me and it was, it was okay. You're going to do this. So I was just like, okay, okay, whatever. Um, I started smoking weed by the time I was 13 years old. By the time I was 16 years old, uh, I was a blackout drunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had already got into alcoholism by the time I was 16 years old i could buy it on my own i didn't need somebody to go buy it for me by the time i was 17 years old i was selling drugs um got into hallucinogens uh did a little bit of everything anything that i could started taking pills whenever i was young as well i remember whenever i was 17 years old my father was killed Mm -hmm. and that set me on a real downward deeper cycle of destruction than i was already on now keep in mind i was going to church during all of this time Mm -hmm. up until i was 17 and that all changed after my father was killed uh, i stopped going i I dropped out of high school I, i quit doing anything productive in life and by the time i was 18 years old uh i was addicted to crack cocaine as well Mm-hmm. I know you look at me now, you're just like, you look pretty good for have gone through all that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but I used them one way or another till I was around 30 years old. And uh, alcoholism was a huge part of my life. Uh Matter of fact, it was in my life for a while. I used anything that I could, but alcohol seemed to be the one that I would always go back to. Now, it was whenever I was 30 years old that I was reintroduced to the the faith. I was reintroduced to God. I was allowed to get to know Him on, on His terms, not my terms. Yeah. And I came to find a relationship with him that brought me into a community that allowed me to begin my recovery. Mm-hmm. I see, love
0: before, that Not to interrupt you, but brought me into a community that allowed me for, for recovery. That's beautiful because that's how we heal is in community. So that's good. Tell us about that experience.
1: Well, I fought it for a while. Just going to church wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I put up my own barriers, and God said, Yeah, I can take care of that. I can deal with that. <laughs> and He did. And so every barrier that I put up, He would overcome. And eventually, actually, I uh, started to preach here and there. And, you know, this was after I began my recovery. Now, during that time, I'd gone back to school, I got my GED. A degree in electronics engineering started preaching here and there went to Bible school Uh, actually ended up as a professor in a school of preaching and biblical studies for three years I went back and I I got another degree in psychology and Christian counseling I got my certified peer recovery specialist certification through the state of tennessee and and now i'm working on my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling you know it's been a crazy ride but being able to really get involved in that that church community allowed me an opportunity to thrive to grow to see what god had in store for me because i had nothing in store for myself No, look at all those things and the accomplishments I've done. And it's not any accomplishment that I've done. I haven't done those things. I am incapable of doing those things. (laughs) But God. Yes. But God is capable. He can help us whenever we can't help ourselves. He can allow us opportunities whenever we don't know how to reach out ourselves. And so ever since then, he's put me in, in... in the middle of recovery community after recovery community in the middle of friends and family that love me and support me, regardless of who I was, what I've done, because it's not who I used to be. It's who I am and who I am still yet to become. Oh, that's and, good. And I know with his help, I don't know what the future holds and I'm okay with that because I know he's got it. That's right. So now being a part of this faith-based initiative and being the faith-based community coordinator for Middle Tennessee, working with the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services through a contract, it's beautiful to be able to see that, you know, earlier on, whenever I was going to church and still using, nobody ever said anything to me because they didn't know how to. But now my job is to work with congregations to allow them to know how to talk to people like me. Love it. And so it's it's kind of coming full circle now. It's a beautiful thing.
0: You know, I think, Jamie, a lot of times, and you hit the hammer right on the head, because people just don't know how to deal with it. Congregations, I mean, they, you know, it's a sticky thing. You know, it's a, almost like, a, you know, well, we, you know, we don't want to offend them. But yet, you know, it just, it gets so complicated and I always use the expression that people are, you know, they're going into the church and they're smiling on the outside and they're bleeding on the inside and they're just crying out that if somebody could just understand. And with the tools and and I know because we're part of the faith based initiative, our our ministry, Moving Forward Ministries, connected with it, I guess, like three or four years ago with, doc, you know, y'all and Dr. Monty Burks. And because we see. Uh, the brokenness, uh, all around us and especially in, uh, in the body of Christ. And, you know, so people are like, well, I, I'm supposed to be a Christian, so I can't, I can't be vulnerable. I can't be, you know, transparent. And it causes so much damage. You know, it's, you know, I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, you know, just smile on the outside, bleed on the inside and, you know, act like nothing's wrong. And that puts people further into their denial and their inability to say, I'm hurting, I'm, you know, Jesus came for the hurting, you know, he came for the brokenhearted, he came to give us freedom, you know, and so it's so hard whenever people feel like they can't do that. So let, let me just go back a little bit. You said that you were in the church, but the church couldn't save you. When did you get that revelation that it's through Christ and Christ alone, that you were able to break free from
1: the, the religion versus the relationship. I'll be honest with you. I'm still kind of in that now. <laughs> I, I really got that understanding whenever I started following his word for his word, mm-hmm. not his word for what I've been taught. Um, and being able to understand him You know, second Peter chapter one, one of the things that it says is he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through true knowledge of him who yes. is called us. And it's that true knowledge that I didn't have, but it's that through that true knowledge that you can find freedom,
0: Mm.
1: relationship connection. And that's what it takes.
0: Is this what led you into writing um, your, because you wrote an amazing curriculum recovery through Christ and I absolutely like those are and I'm all about Jesus. Amy, tell us how you were inspired to put that together.
1: Well, the, the minister at the congregation that I was attending knew my background, and he asked if I would be interested in, in starting a recovery program, and I told him, no, I didn't have any interest in it at all. <laughs> but I gave him some some names of some other individuals who, uh, who I thought would be very beneficial in doing that task. And he said, no, it's you. <laughs> I said, all right, buddy, good luck with that. And we hung up. And uh, it was uh, it was probably a couple of months later. I was having problems at, at, at the place that I was working. And I'd gotten to the point where I was ready to go back to using. Mm-hmm. And I determined one day, I'm going to the liquor store on the way home. I'm going mm-hmm. to buy, buy a gallon of whiskey and I'm going to go home and I'm going to forget about all of this. Mm-hmm. And right before I was about to get off, an email popped up. And it was him. And it said, how about now? (laughs) Oh. And I typed back and I said, your timing is impeccable. I know what you're talking about. You want me to start a recovery program. I'm in. I have to do this. He said, good, because I've already got you scheduled for this weekend to go to a training so um through a lot of push and pull with the leadership at, at the congregation i was attending um we ended up coming up with this rec- this curriculum and i presented it to them in a way that said here's here's my idea and it took about two two years to really get something to go on into fruition with that well, we've been running now for about 10 years Love the program it. itself is very solid it not only talks about the the struggle itself, but it talks about the core issues that cause us to use in one way or another, the unhealthy coping mechanisms, what causes us to, to resort to those things, whether it's addiction, whether it's life controlling issues, uh, mental health diagnosis, whatever it is.
0: That's amazing. I love it. I know that um, a church in Murfreesboro, uh, the Family Worship Center, they've adopted and using that curriculum, and that is absolutely. And I've read over it, and you, you guys know how I am. And I, it's solid solid. Um, you know, the implementing, you know, people talk all the time about, you know, the, the 12 steps. I'm a huge advocate for whatever it takes. You know, your recovery road might be different than Jamie's or mine or anyone else's. You know, I've been walking out long term recovery. I, I believe I've been upset I've free recovered um, back in 1998. And, uh, you know, strongholds get all caught up in you and in the word transforms you. You know the renewing of the mind and the washing of the word and all of that, and so it's that's is taking um, the word and applying it to your life and bringing light into the darkness and truth overcoming the lies. So it's powerful. So Jamie, so I know right now there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, they're they're you know we you and I have talked about you know what COVID has done with isolation of people and social distancing and. Mm -hmm. You know we know that the suicide rate is off the charts and for those of you watching make sure to look for a broadcast coming up because Jamie also does some training I've been through some certifications um, through the state that, that Jamie facilitates on suicide prevention and we are going to be talking to Jamie further about suicide because this month the month of September is recovery month but it's also suicide awareness month so and they kind of a lot of times kind of blend over back and forth and so we're gonna talk to Jamie in depth about the suicide aspect of that in the next broadcast but in this broadcast i would love for you to give them some tools because i know you've got some illustrations and some ways uh, with your counseling and your personal experience and all that stuff blended together how can people cope right now how can they get through uh what they're experiencing because with the isolation there's a lot of people that have fallen back on the recovery walk or people that are to use substances for the first time checking talk
1: about that Jamie well the biggest thing that I see and and it's not only now but it's it's more intensified now than it has been before is we've lost connection we've lost we've lost that touch with individuals and we're taking this physical distance distancing or the social distancing a little bit too far in that we're not allowing ourselves to be social individuals anymore now I'm not saying that staying apart isn't necessarily a good thing, but I'm saying that we're taking what should be physical distancing, and we're allowing ourselves to be social distant. Mm. We need connection. Yes. You go into the New Testament. The New Testament alone, God has chosen to use the term "one another" in a positive way at least eighty-six times. Mm. Love one another. Pray for one another. Bear mm. one another's burdens. That's good. We've stopped doing that. We have to get back into the habit. We have to have connection because the way that we see things in in my circle is that the opposite of addiction is connection. Yes. The way that I also see things, the opposite of trauma is connection. The opposite of suicide is connection. Yes. The opposite of hopelessness is connection. And we have to have that. But a lot of us just don't know how to reach out for help. We can struggle with one thing and it can get underneath our skin. But what happens whenever everything starts compiling on us? You know, I've got these, these balloons here and these and these balloons what's a what's a common struggle that, that we have sometimes, Miss Maggie? What's a common
0: struggle? Oh, our mindset, overwhelm, anxiety, pressure. That's a big thing I'm feeling right now. People
1: are just okay.
0: experiencing anxiety and my mind- and you know, negative thought life.
1: What's another one?
0: Oh, um, well, the isolation is bringing depression. People are struggling with depression. They feel pressed down. You know, they're out there masked up all the time. They're not getting enough oxygen to their brain, and they're feeling sluggish, tired, and experiencing depressive thoughts.
1: Okay. One more.
0: Um, I would probably say they're they're experiencing a level of rejection. And the reason I say that is is because everybody is pushed aside right now. Um, you know, they feel like you know, ooh, you know, like for someone like me that has recovered from COVID, it's like I got cookies, okay? So it's like, ooh, ooh, stay, you know, stay away, stay away you know. Right. So Um, You know, so people are dealing with that because they, you know, and and of course, you know, we this list could go on and on because the financial pressure, uh, you know, the people having the learning curve of trying to educate their children, trying to help their kids cope with this. I mean, but those are just Well,
1: We could take one of the struggles. We can take that mindset. We can take that anxiety and, and I can handle it by myself to some extent it goes off on the on the rails sometimes but i can bring it back every every now and then occasionally but what happens if i throw another one of those struggles in Mm -hmm. it's not so easy and i can't even think about throwing that third struggle in that isolation you bring that into the mix and there's no way to keep it all balanced it's no way to keep it all up in the air it's no way to keep all of it under control the best thing that we can do is to say i need help
0: Mm
1: But that's one of the hardest things for us to do, to be able to get to a place in our life where we're able to say, I need help. Although it, we need to be able to do that, but it's hard to do because of our pride. Ooh. It's harder to do yeah. in the communities. in yeah. the faith. Go ahead.
0: Say it again, Jamie. Why we have a hard time doing it. Somebody needs to hear this this morning.
1: Pride. Ooh, the P word. Well, and it is that way, is because we go into our congregation and we see everybody with a smile on their face. Everybody's happy. Nobody has a problem. Everybody, how you doing? I'm doing good. Well, I'm doing good too. And nobody says I'm really struggling.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we don't want to, we fear not having acceptance. Right.
0: That's
1: so it. rather than outing ourselves as someone who is struggling, we, we, we regress into our own self and. We kind of mimic everybody else and become what they want us to be at the time.
0: Mm, the truth of the
1: matter is, we all struggle. We all do. You know, Paul says in in Romans chapter seven and verse fifteen, "For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate."
0: Yeah, I call that the do 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 scripture. That's you know, it. if if Paul dealt with do do, you know, because all that do. Then we're gonna deal with some do do in life, you know. Jesus, <laughs> in this world, we're gonna have tribulations. But to cheer up, He's overcome the world, and and we get this mindset that we just have to have it all together all the time. And it's a false sense right. of security. And then behind doors, there's that anxiety, that depression, that reality. But yet we want to be super good Christians, so we don't want to tell anybody what we're going through. You're right, Jamie. This is so good.
1: And, what and happened? Go ahead. Whenever
0: When you got too many balloons going on, what happens, Jamie?
1: You drop them all. But really what needs to happen is we need to get to a place where we say, I need help. Yeah. Help me. How are you doing? Honestly, I'm struggling. I could use some help. Because we have people all the time that are around us asking how we're doing. We give them the answer we think that they want. When in all reality, maybe they want the truth because how can do we be there for one another if we don't allow ourselves to open up and to be vulnerable
0: that's so true Jamie that's why in my teachings over the years there's a lot of things that I've shared at different times and different conferences and I've never put it all out there at once very often but but it's because it gives people permission to be real and you know whenever we're when people are asking how are you doing and we're saying we're fine and we're really not it our brain does not resonate with it you know because it's it's a lie and we're not walking in truth and so the more we walk in truth the freer we can get but you know denial is a big thing and people get in their personal denial and just want everything to look okay and this is why you see people that completely check out is because they have lived that sense of um you know i don't want to use the word fake but it's not real you know, and we've got to get to the point where we have to be real. I'm always quoting the, the rappers that say real recognizes real because, we you know, you and I have been around this rodeo enough to know when someone is saying I'm good and they're not. And so we've got to be um, as believers in Christ, Christ followers. We have to let go of any um, religious mindsets of in expectations of people being perfect, because that is bondage. And then in addition to that, we also have to let go of critical and judgmental thoughts, because a lot of times that's why people won't ask for help, is they're always thinking someone's going to judge me. I feel judged. They won't come in because of the shame. And the shame is not from God, it's from the enemy. And, you know, I think a lot of times that people get convicted by God, to, to, to say, OK, that's it. You know, he's you know, he's son, daughter, you need to get help. Reach out. And then all of a sudden, the weight of the condemnation is so heavy that comes from the enemy. He twists that conviction into condemnation and then people aren't willing to go and get the help they need. And this is why, you know, those of you that are watching or are believers, listen, you've got to be led by the spirit, you know, because the, the spirit of God will never let you down in the area of speaking truth with love. But anytime we're speaking outside of love, we're going to hurt somebody.
1: Well, we also have to understand, you know, a lot of times it takes us having to be broken for us to be able to really thrive. Yeah. To be able to come up. You, You know what that is?
0: Is that one of those poison toxic juice things that we would give to our kids, Jamie?
1: No, it's a glow stick.
0: Oh, a glow stick. <laughs> I thought it was some sort of candy, a glow stick. Oh, it has to be broken to shine. Yeah.
1: It's got to be broken and shaken up in order to really shine, in order to do its job. And that's the same thing that most of us have to go through as well.
0: Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And, you know, when that, whenever we get to that place, I think sometimes that's where God just steps back and goes, thank you. We can get some, we can get to work now. We can get something done here. Wow, that's powerful. I love that. You know, uh, beautifully broken. And uh, for those of you that are wondering, you know, okay, I'm I'm there. Or or maybe you know, um, you're to the point where you're like, you know, this makes sense and resonates with me. Help is available. And many times, taking that first step of saying, "Hey, I'm it's it's okay to not be okay. I'm going to reach out and get help." You know, Jamie, you're taking clients. I know in, in that manner,
1: right? is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, taking clients at the Center of Hope for Behavioral Health uh, on Mondays. And, you know, also working with congregations to reduce stigma um, and help people within the faith community to be able to reach out and to get help, to find resources. Yes. So, I mean, there's a, there's a multiple list of ways to be able to reach out to get to, to get the help that you need i just want you to know that it's available for you you mm-hmm. just got to ask for the help
0: well for those of you watching i am going to put the link to where jamie is practicing counseling right now in there but also remember if you are a congregation and you're wanting to know how to help your you're the people sitting in your pews they're hurting they're hurting Okay, and you can you can teach all the three point, five point messages you want. But if they are still walking out the same and not transformed, you're going to have to look at this and say, okay, how can we get them help? Because they're not able to receive what you're saying about the word of God because they're walking in that shame and shame will block their uh, sensitivity in the spirit and their ability to move forward with God. So I want to encourage you if you're a pastor you need to reach out to Jamie. He serves the Middle Tennessee area. If you are in another region in Tennessee, he can connect you with the coordinator, the faith-based coordinator for that region. Jamie, I know that uh, Monty has spent some time in DC. I know the model of what's going on in Tennessee has caught the attention of some other states. Do you know briefly what other states are involved in the, because I know there's viewers watching this from all over. Do you know what other states are forming a faith-based initiative right now, or maybe have one up
1: and running well there are many many states uh, honestly to mention them I will probably take the rest of the time that we have there are many states that are looking at the model that that we have came up with here in the state of Tennessee to be able to reach out to the faith community yes. the reason why they're they're doing that is because what we know is that there was 1818 individuals died by overdose in 2018 there were 1,153 individuals died by suicide in 2018. In the state of Tennessee alone, there are 3.5 over 3.5 million people in the state of faith. So if we take those numbers, what we can see are that there are, are just right at 3,000 people of faith per every one individual who died by suicide in 2018. There are almost a little over 2,000 people of faith per every one individual who died by overdose in 2018. If we can educate the faith community to allow them to know what to do, how to handle the situation, how to be able to provide help to those who are hurting with the faith community alone, we can end this.
0: I believe that. I believe that. You know, and churches are like hospitals and, you know, we got to quit treating them like country clubs and start treating them, you know, allowing people to get real, get raw. And this is why, you know, I'm a huge advocate to send people to, you know, the the recovery through Christ. I seen Rhonda Rush hop, hopped on here and uh, she's she's definitely a person to reach out to uh, here locally at the uh, Family Worship Center. Uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, on Memorial, they have a group in place. There are multiple Celebrate Recovery groups. I mean, there are there is help for those of you that are like, well, I went to AA or I went to NA. And, you know, I tell everybody what and they said, what program is going to work for me? And I'm like, the one that you'll work, the one that you'll go to <laughs> right. that is the program that is going to work for you because it can look different for a lot of people. Now Jamie is just giving you some staggering uh statistics and I want those to resonate with you because it is true and I want to point out that coming up this month and the reason we're doing this right now kicking off September uh with the with the recovery month and suicide awareness on September the 12th is the the Recovery Fest. So Jamie take a moment and tell them about the Rutherford County Recovery Fest.
1: The Rutherford County Recovery Fest this year it's going to be a different experience we're going to have a, a virtual plus a live experience where people can drive through at the boys and girls club of rutherford county of murfreesboro and and to be able to get recovery resources to be able to get in touch with individuals to 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 find help to get in to get put in a good recovery community so mm-hmm. We're going to have that up on social media, the videos talking about what's available in the Murfreesboro area and the Rutherford County area, just to be able to allow everybody to know know, what's available here. But you'll also be able to drive through at the Boys and Girls Club during that day from 10 to 2 on September 12th and pick up material and pick up resources to be able to get help.
0: And there's also going to be food. So that's an incentive, y'all, to, to pick, you know, drive through and check it out. And we would love for you to go and, and like the page of Rutherford County Recovery Fest and make sure you invite your friends to, to like it as well, because by liking it, you will get the updates and you will know what's going on. And listen, my brothers here, Jamie and Will, they are like extravagant with the camera. OK, they have they have worked diligently and hard uh, producing tons of videos of recording recovery stories, real life stories of people gaining their freedom and turning around and paying it forward. They also have um, multiple different type of resources available. So if you are wanting to reach out and have Jamie come speak to your congregation and or have a meeting of how you can help your congregation, you need to reach out. If you're looking for a counselor, I endorse Jamie because I know his heart. I know his training and I know his experiential knowledge that makes a huge difference when you're ministering or counseling or coaching someone in the area of addictions. And so, Jamie, if I was to ask you, what is one key you would like to leave with the audience today? What would that key be?
1: That key, really, to be able to, just to be able to reach out, to lower that pride a little bit, to find a little bit of humility, to be able to say, I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. I have worth. I have value. Because whether you see it within yourself or not, I want you to know that you do have worth. You do have value. If you're walking on this earth, you have worth. You have the potential. Maybe you can't realize it yet. There is help available. Allow yourself to reach out for help. To find hope.
0: Yeah, you know, I was listening to a song the other day when I was worshiping. Actually, my husband turned me on to it, and I, I'm, it might be Elevation Worship. I'm not sure, but it says, "If I'm not dead, then you're not done," and that's a word, you know. That's a word. Right? are still to come, uh, you know, I believe and I believe that those of you watching this maybe maybe you're not struggling maybe you have a loved one who's struggling listen, recovery happens you're looking at two individuals that had no education that had no sense of direction in their life, but yet through Christ, through freedom, through working programs, through being able to walk out the fullness that Jesus went to the cross for, we're able to turn around and pay it forward in the lives of others and it's not, there's there's 20 what is it, 23 million people actively in recovery. Is that approximately right?
1: That's about right.
0: Yeah, that's that's a lot of people, y'all. So you can't say that once an addict, always an addict. You can't say that there's not hope for you. You can't say that, you know, well, nobody makes it, you know, and things are always going to be this way. Things will always be that way until you take a initiative to make a change. And that change comes with reaching out and saying, I need help i need help three simple words okay and if someone is right there to greet you with three more simple words of i love you or i care man then you are going to be able to get through it because you need uh, a support system in place and so whatever that support system looks like it, it you know it doesn't it what matters is is that you're real you're raw, you're transparent, and allow, you know, the process to take place because recovery does happen. Jamie, I want to thank you for being on the broadcast today. It's always a pleasure working with you and Will and Monty and all of the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse people. I love you guys and appreciate you. Y'all make sure that you check out our website resources available. There is a recovery congregation tool on the link that I'll provide in this broadcast as well as where you can reach out to Jamie if you're looking for counseling and hope. He's pretty booked up and he's a busy man, but Mondays are available. So y'all have a blessed day and thank you so much for watching Keys to Your Best Life. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie.